are like, you need to chill on the race and racism issues. Like you're too intense. You scare white people off. Oh, white people are not gonna consume your art. If you do this, if you do that, you need to watch out. Dude, y'all are capitalist pigs. And I care more about the money than about the truth. And that, that is why we are still in the state that we are in. This is Community Dialogues, a program for frank discussions about race, racism, and racial justice. I'm Helena Rampersad. Our guest today is Natalia Veras, an Afro-Latina digital content creator from the Bronx. She is also the founder of Culture Face, a platform that showcases the beauty of people from all backgrounds through Natalia's own art and photography. What is Culture Face and what inspired you to create this platform? It's the place and it's the brand that carries all art mediums that I produce. Um, I work with photography, I work with graphic design, with video. Um, Sometimes I write too. And it came about, honestly, just wanting to to photograph beautiful Black people from all over the world. I try to photograph Black beauty, um, Black culture. So prior to Culture Face, or even now, how have you seen Black beauty represented in the media? I'm happy to say that Black beauty and Black representation throughout the years has progressed and has extended, not to the point where it's equal yet, but it's moving. I feel when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of Black representation. I know that results in a lot of self-esteem issues with people of color and Black people when we're growing up, when we lack that visual representation of us on the screen. um, You kind of, I feel like you kind of grow up neglecting a side of yourself. Times are changing times are evolving and now we have more black bodies on the media and on the screen but it's interesting because this black representation is still limited and it's still very colorist and it is still mostly light skins and like biracial um bodies being represented if you could name something specific that comes to mind when you think of what we need to be improving on to further represent Black beauty and I think obviously the most neglected person in not only America but I feel like the world is the black woman, especially the dark skinned black woman due to colorism, slavery, history, you know, a bunch of factors. We need to give more space to darker black women to speak, to be photographed to sing, to dance, to act, to just share, and for us to just receive, because they are at the bottom of the social pyramid. And and science, uh, religion, everything is like moved, empowered through racism. And it is so engraved that we don't even realize it. So I think the first step is to just give that platform to darker black women because i feel like there is a difference between darker black women and darker black men 
also has to do with fetish and also slavery, uh, like pretty much everything. So you're proud of your Dominican heritage and you're proud of being a Bronx girl. How has being an Afro-Latina in the Bronx shaped your identity as an artist? You know, I lived in the Dominican Republic. So I was mostly exposed to Dominican and Haitian people. In the Bronx, I'm exposed to so many different types of Black people. I'm exposed to Jamaican, we have Haitians, we have Nigerians, people from South Africa, we have people from Trinidad, we have people, we have Black people from all over. When I came to the Bronx and I went to school, I went to school in Manhattan, in Soho, but none of us were from there. We were all kids from Bronx and Brooklyn traveling hours to try to have access to a better type of education. When I was in school there, also exposed to only black and and brown bodies, honestly. I just got to learn a lot and I got, because I know from my Dominican culture, but I don't know about all these other cultures because they're not my cultures. So it was just really nice to learn about all these different types of black people and that inspired me to really showcase black bodies in my line of work i think also some people use like black culture like this fad of let me exploit this blackness in my art because it's popping right now the bronx just really shows me how beautiful black people are from everywhere and sure there's multiple things that I think also dive into my work that that I see here because it's 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 culture you know it's not just race so you know class plays a part religion all of this stuff I just love seeing all types of people of color in the Bronx and it's a constant inspiration what is your earliest memory of recognizing a microaggression towards Black people within the Latinx community? (sighs) When you're a kid, you might know that you're not white, but you don't really know all the implications historically and systemically that this race category plays on your life. Something that my family has always said is that ever since I was born, like I've always had like a rebel spirit. And as a young kid, when these things would happen, I would feel inside of me that it wasn't right, but I didn't know why, or I didn't know why it was happening. In the Dominican Republic, you are surrounded by Dominican people, but Dominican people come in a lot of shapes and shades. Some of them are white, some of them are black, some of them are native, but I do know that darker bodies face more. And like when you're a kid, you you hear the stupid jokes of when they turn the classroom lights off and they're like, oh, where did this person go? I can't see X person. Oh, you can only see their T. It's a problem how comfortable racism is in people's speech. School introduces all of us to racism. I had teachers make fun of me because I said I was American. I mean, I was born in the Bronx and I've always... I have my family here. I always used to come here. So I've always felt very connected to both cultures. And in, I remember in school, 
this teacher, she was going around asking people like what their nationality was. And at that moment, I didn't even have my Dominican citizenship. I was just straight American, even though I was living in the Dominican Republic, but I was just American. And I said that I was American. And she basically asked me if I was stupid. And she asked me if I had looked at myself. And she said that American people are white, blonde, with blue eyes, and that I was black, and that I was not American. It, it's funny because it's very much so how some people view it here in America as well. You know, they, they'll be like, you're not real American. How has your experience with racism in the Dominican Republic been different from experiencing racism in New York City? I know I experienced more racism in the United States than in the Dominican Republic. In the United States, we know that racism is, is systemic. In the Dominican Republic, there's still places that I'll go and they're not going to let me in if I have my hair out. There are also places in the Dominican Republic that don't let you in if you're too dark. It's different because it's coming from other Black people based on colorism. In DR, you're dealing with other Dominicans, so they care if you're light or dark, essentially. In the United States, it's a lot more than just light or dark. You spoke earlier about the exploitation, treating Black bodies like a fad. How should people, and especially other artists, address and combat the appropriation of Black art and Black bodies? I don't support those businesses that exploit Black art and Black bodies. Now, at the same time, as a slave of capitalism and as a consumer, sometimes I can acknowledge that it's hard. Let's say brands like Amazon. When we ask a simple civilian to like boycott them, sometimes it does affect their daily life because we don't have, we don't have unlimited supply, economically speaking. Therefore, we need to keep shopping in the same stores because we have budgets. I feel like that's also why the exploitation of Blackness in art and in the media, I feel like people don't really take it seriously. Some person get caught with exploiting or like culturally appropriating or whatever, and they make one post that they typed on their iPhone note app oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know this and that. And it's like, that's just a slap on the face. Like, just admit that you were wrong. I think when these brands and these designers and, and these corporations get caught in any aspect of racism, I feel like they should just own up to it and apologize instead of like gaslighting the black community and being like oh I didn't know or I really this or that no 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 no. this is about what you said this is about what you did this is an action that you took and you should just apologize for it the other day I posted Noah Cyrus she posted this picture of Harry Styles on a dress and she's gonna caption the the picture he wears this dress better than any of you nappy-headed hoes. Obviously, we all know that nappy is 
a word used to like put down black hair. Oh, you ain't got you ain't got good hair. You got nappy hair. Then she posted this and she was like, I am mortified. I didn't know what the word meant. Girl, give it a break. Just say you were being racist and that you are sorry and that you have learned your lesson. I would respect that. And that's what and that's what they don't realize. You think you're 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 making us feel better because you're like, oh my God, I didn't know. No, delusion doesn't help anybody. Because at the end of the day, this is affecting us. We've talked about black beauty and black representation. And you mentioned hair. Can you tell me a moment a non-black person has I can tell you 20. I can tell <laughs> you, I can make a book out of moments on just out of place comments on my hair. One time my boss, she wanted to know what type of hair I bought and how do I get my hair straight and this and that. That stuck with me was when she literally sticked her hand in my hair and she said, ooh, it feels like a bear. I just looked at her and I just walked out of the room because I work for you, I need this bread. And, and that's the thing, that's what black people gotta do. Just swallow what they're feeling and be like, well, I just have to do what I have to do. And well, this is just the way it is. And after I reported her to HR, I lost my job. And that goes to show the, the appreciation and the support that Black people get. It's non-existent. You know, they tell you, oh, this happens. Report it. Do the right thing. Don't be quiet. It's going through an emotional journey. It's just like pouring your, your feelings for nothing. Like, you made, me, you made me come in here, be vulnerable with you, tell you the, the, all these things about how this woman be asking me about my hair, how, if this is mine, if, uh, how is it possible that I can straighten my hair, and if my hair is bare, and to change my hair, and then you're going to say, oh, there's nothing you can do, and actually you're not being rehired for next year. Okay. Why should non-Black people care about Black representation? I think a very simple answer is we're humans too. <laughs> and and we, we deserve th nice things too. And just because we're Black doesn't mean that we don't see movies or that we shouldn't be in shows. I guess for some white people, it's is a reality to them when they see a movie and they only see white bodies. And just like you want to see yourself in a TV, we also want to see ourselves. There's a lot of people that I come across and they're, and they're like, you need to chill on the race and racism issues. Like you're too intense. You scare white people off. Oh, white people are not going to consume your art. If you do this, if you do that, you need to watch out. Dude, y'all are capitalist pigs. And I care more about the money than about the truth. And that, that is why we are still in the state that we are in because everybody knows racism is real it's just oh but you need to watch out what you say you need to be scared is this fear this mental fear that holds us is still like we're we're still like we're we're enslaved these mental chains they still bound us in in some aspect and it still takes up control over our life and i wish people would just stop fronting and they would just be real and they wouldn't care about the Instagram likes or the Instagram follows or the fame or the ego 
hop on your journey of learning and i believe the journey of learning liberates us all thank you so honored this has been community dialogues to check out the work of natalia veras visit cultureface.com our music is courtesy of bensound.com i'm helena rampersad thank you so much for listening